Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. We just got Andrew Tate's actual revert story from himself, inshallah. Let's take a look at it. I'll ask you now, because this is the hot topic, especially in the Muslim community, about your conversion. Yeah. So tell us the story, like what happened exactly. Well, I think a lot of people who've been following me for a while understand that I've been mm. very respectful of Islam for a long time. Yeah, sure. I was born in a Christian country. I was raised as a Christian. And I've always been very respectful of Islam. And it's become more and more obvious to me and, and more and more pertinent that Islam is the last religion mm. on the planet. Mm. When I talk about Islam, because I'm new to it, yeah. I... I, I'm a little bit careful, right? Because I'm new to it. I'm certainly not a scholar. There's so much I need to learn. I know I'm on a learning journey. I'm not here to sit here and, and talk scripture. I, I don't know those things yet. I'm here to learn. Yeah. But and we're here at your assistance. Anyway, thank you, bro. Thank you. Honestly. Thank you. Yeah. But um, it's just for me, it feels like the last religion on earth. I feel like there's no other religion. People say to me, why did you convert? And I said, I don't really think, feel it as a conversion. I, it's almost like I knew God was real, and now I've become religious. And they say, well, you were religious before. I was like, religious before how? Christian? Mm. What does Christian mean? Mm. Like, who's not a Christian? You go to Christian nations, and everyone says they're a Christian. Look how they live their lives. Go yeah. into the average church. Is anyone actually fearful of God? Anybody? Mm -hmm. No. The girls are out on Saturday night drinking, and mm. they turn up to church because their parents made them. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, there's no substance to the religion. And also... Islam very closely reflects my personal beliefs. I, through my personal life, I've yeah. learned that if you don't have standards and you're not a strong person who's prepared to defend his ideas, you'll be crushed. Yes. And we look at most religions in the world today which are not prepared to defend their ideas. What's happened to them? They're just getting crushed. And yeah. now we have Christianity as an idea which has basically said, well, we can't set any firm rules because everyone will just quit. So instead, let's make it so easy to be a Christian that nobody has to put any effort in yeah. and then accept everybody no matter what. And hopefully we can keep the church doors open. <laughs> that's not that's not yeah, God yeah. to me. You know, yeah, yeah. God to me is is strong. God to me is something to be feared. Yeah. God to me is something someone that people are afraid to mock. Yeah. God to me is someone that you have to go out of your way to prove something to. God to me has red lines yeah. like God to me re represents the Islamic faith. The Christian God to me, I don't see God. I, I can't explain. I don't see anything there. So, yeah. to me, it was it was the only logical choice wow. in the end. Alhamdulillah, man. I mean, many as you're saying this, I'm sure many people are like ecstatic and extremely happy. It's a great, it's a great thing for everyone, honestly, because, you know, just anyone coming into Islam is, is you know, the Prophet Muhammad told us better than the world and everything in it. Yep. But imagine now somebody of major influence. I mean, you're the most Googled person on the planet. I'm not yep. sure if you still. Have yeah. Any top spot I, th I think Putin might have beat me as of last week. But I think it's between me and Putin at the moment. Uh, <laughs> but I don't want to lose to Putin. Look, Putin's the big G. I don't want more enemies. Like it's, it's fine, Vladimir. You can have it. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear you saying that statement. Yeah. Putin beat me last year. Right? Yeah, <laughs> last yeah. Week. I think we're just something the most cool. <laughs> but no, no, it's, it's, it's definitely something beautiful. And uh, a lot of people have... Uh, you know, you'd be surprised at how many women as well. Because like, obviously the, the accusations of misogyny and stuff. Which, yeah. you know, but, but a lot of women, alhamdulillah, especially in the Muslim world, they're absolutely happy. In fact, let me tell you a story. Just before I came here today, one, um, one particular woman, I can't reveal her identity, but she's working as a school teacher yep. in London. And um, actually, my friend told me that she was uh, kicked out of school yep. because they had this campaign against you in the schools. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. I've seen, yeah, this was Are part of the cancellation. I did know about this. Yeah, yeah so in, in British schools, it, they said, you know, if you say anything good about, if you, if you say anything good about this person or you have to be reported or... What? Or and if you say anything, you, you know, you have to kind of combat his extremism or whatever it may be, right? So she, because when you became Muslim, she abstained from doing that. She said, I can't really do that because, yeah. you know, Islamic laws and it's, it's backbiting and he's got honor yeah. in Islam and so on. And unfortunately, they fired her from that, from the position. Wow. 
So you can see that this is the level of encroachment we're talking about here. So, uh, and this shows you that the level of fraternity that exists. And not only the fact that, you know, when you're looking at Twitter or whatever, Twitter or whatever social media, it's not a representation of what's really happening on of the course, ground. Of course, of course. They fired her, bro. May Allah bless her and reward her and give her that which is better. Allahumma ameen. Alhamdulillah, she's not working at that school board for that school that's going to make her diminish her religion. Ameen. Ameen. Uh, he said something very interesting in the beginning, and I just want to point out to Christians, this is exactly what Paul did for the Romans, where he mentioned, let's just make it so easy to practice that everybody can be a Christian and not have a problem because nothing changes in their life except they say this and they, they believe that or pretend to believe that, whatever it is. That's exactly what Paul did for the Romans. He went, he said, don't, basically, don't worry. You don't have to you know, circumcise your children. You don't have to obey any of the commandments. You don't have to fast. You don't have to like none of this stuff. Don't worry about it. Keep doing what you're doing. Just believe. Just say, I believe Jesus died for my sins. And James contends with him in the Bible. It's actually recorded, if, if it is authentic, whatever Bible we have now. James, who is a brother of Jesus, and eventually basically becomes the, the head of like the, the religious house at the time, contends with him. And then Paul writes basically like, why are you going to be mad at me if my lie brings people <laughs> to believe in Jesus? That's exactly what he says. So we're just living Paulian Christianity uh, you know, on steroids nowadays. That's that's all we're no. living in. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of, bro? Reminds me of the uh, the reborn virgins, the the Christian girls who uh, they basically went on the the carousel. They've been on it for too long, and then they they come off and they're like, oh, "I'm a reborn virgin." Yeah, born again, born again virgin. A born again version makes, I don't know, bro, makes no sense See, the thing with That's christianity bro today it's boiled down to no accountability just desires whims and desires just believe and you'll be saved that's mm. nice bro I'd, I'd love for something to be like that bro but i can't ever accept something like that because i know there's no accountability i know i can't just do whatever i want to do evil be saved you know there was an interview with uh with someone with a woman bro they literally interviewed a woman on the street asking if some man commits xyz to a woman horrible things horrible things no consent but he believes in jesus is he going to go to heaven and she's like of course and then they're like oh but if one other man does like the most amazing things never does anything against someone's will really top g man energy you know but he doesn't believe in jesus what's going to happen she's like well you find out how do, like, how do you believe that bro it's not logical it's emotional but they're emotionally wrapped around this you know you know, speaking about logic and emotion, I just want to kind of throw something that I've seen out here. And, and let me just start this off by saying Allah knows best, right? Allah knows best. And let me start off by saying that I love this brother, Andrew, for the sake of Allah. I loved him even before he became Muslim for the sake of Allah. I think he was a very genuine, and I already knew that he was playing a character this entire time to uh, get the business popping and all that stuff. I get you know, it. I the comments are going to gonna say you can't love a non-Muslim for the sake of Allah. <laughs> Okay, we know whatever, we know what you cool. mean, bro. We know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, Andrew Tate's coming from a very logical place. And he has a very logical understanding of Islam right now, which is beautiful. You know, I'm not going to take anything away from that. The thing that I'm seeing, though, is that, and, and I might be wrong, bro. Allah knows best. Maybe I am wrong. But from what I'm seeing is that 
uh, Islam hasn't entered his heart fully yet. You know, like it, once it enters the heart, like it, it's a difference. It, it's different than the logical. You know, because like one can have the logical but not have like it in their heart. And it's a completely different way that they're going to speak about Islam, that they're going to practice Islam, that they're going to think of it, that they're going to just feel about Islam. So it's like, I may be wrong, and I hope I hope I am wrong. I hope mm. I am wrong. But it's just an observation I made. And um, if, if it is true, then I make dua that he, you know, that Islam enters his heart. Like as quickly as possible, because it, it's a it's a different feeling, man. It's a different feeling. So so real quick before we wrap up this video, what advice would you two have, um, to like quickly sum it up? Advice to have Islam enter your heart, because a lot of people might be listening to this video. They're like, oh, you know what? Okay, cool. But I'm also on the same boat. Rami, do you have something to say first? I do, but I I don't know if I should say it publicly. I was actually going to give it to a friend of his to pass it on because I don't want it to be mm. advice coming from me. I want it to be advice coming from the friend. Don't no. This is not. This is not to Andrew. This is just to anyone in general, bro. This is if someone like asks advice you. for anyone watching. That's like I'm. I'm logically like cerebrally a Muslim, but I don't feel it. I see. Listen, you want to feel something? You want to feel something, man? Listen to different recitations of the Quran because maybe you'll find a recitation in, in, a, in a surah that really impacts you. And also, listen or read the seerah of the Prophet, peace be upon him. When I first started practicing Islam, that was what did it for me. That was the thing. Like, I kid you not, I there was a playlist. I don't know if it's still up back at the time, you know, a few years ago. I was sitting in my mom's bed and I'm just going through every single video. How the Prophet was born, when he was a child, when he grew up, how the people, how they loved him before prophethood, when he became a prophet, everything till the death of the Prophet. By the time I got to the death of the Prophet, I was sitting on my mom's bed, bawling my eyes out, crying. Man, mashallah. Very good. What about you? Bro, I agree 100%, man. It's. I was just going to say the recitations, bro. But you are right, man. The seerah, like the life of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Like, I was thinking about that the other day. And, um, yeah, like, that, that had me in tears, bro. Because it's like, there was, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was promised Jannah. Like, he was guaranteed Jannah. And he would always be saying, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, like, Allah forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. And then there were times where he'd be crying and he was asked, like, Ya Rasul, like, why are you crying? You know, like, you, you're guaranteed Jannah. Like, you were the prophet of Allah. Like, why are you crying? And he's like, I'm crying. And correct me if I'm wrong, I might be saying this wrong here, but he's, I'm crying because of, uh, like, the, the people in, in the future, the ummah in the future, or the people who are not going to be accepted into mm. into jannah into the heaven into the garden and it's like bro like just think about it. this man's crying for people who are going to be in the hellfire who are not going to be in paradise and it's like if someone's truly crying about that like that's that's unconditional love and like usually the only real unconditional love that we can see in this world is from our own mothers mm. like a Even mother's love i'm sure 
I'm yeah, even then, bro, like, but for the most part, like a mother's love is like one of the hardest things to rival in this world. Mm. For a mother's love for her child. Now you have this man who's literally has a love that's stronger than that. Mm-hmm. And for people that he he doesn't even know, he hasn't even met yet. And like to me, bro, like that that made me start breaking down in tears, just like thinking like, damn, like this person loves me more than like my own mother loves me. And yeah, I never even song. met him, bro. That's that that's a professional song for you, bro. But yeah, bro. sum it up real quick, guys, for anyone that missed those two or their minds were wandering. Number one, Quran recitations. Number two, um, learning about the Sita, the Prophet Sallallahu I want to talk about the Quran recitation thing too because two years ago, I came to me with the same question. I was like, bro, I logically fully like believe in Islam. I have Yaqeen, you know? But how do I feel it? And he's like, he, he didn't even say anything. He just sent me a video. And it was like a Quran recitation of some surah. And then I listened to it. And it had translations too. He was like, read the translations while you listen to it. And I did another one. I did another one. It hits differently. Wallahi, it hits differently, bro. So to anyone that hasn't done that, inshallah, we recommend that. Check that out. Um, but with that being said, actually, I want to quote one hadith of the Prophet yes. in relation to what Anhel said. The Prophet and I'm very curious to see what Andrew Tate's going to, you know, how he's going to react to the Sira of the Prophet You know, with him being, uh, for a lot of guys, like a role model and an icon nowadays. I'm really curious to see what he's going to say about the process and what what he's going to feel and, you know, publicly how he's going to, how he's going to interact with the people after hearing the Sirah of the process. Because for me, it changes. Wallah, the Lima changed everything for me, how I interacted with people. But there's a hadith of the process in him. This is again in relation to what you said on him, where he's, he was with his companions and he said, I miss my brothers. I miss my brothers or something, something along those lines, something to that extent. And the companions were like, we're right here. Where are your brothers? We're right here. He's like, no, you're my companions. My brothers are those who will come and they will believe in me after never even meeting me. Subhanallah. Mm. That's how he describes people like us who believe the Prophet Sallam and never met him a day in our lives. Subhanallah. Subhanallah.